This is episode 52 of the Gen X Photography Podcast. And before we get into the episode, um, I just wanted to uh, say uh, the three of us uh, wanted to give our sincere thoughts uh, and condolences to the people of uh, Turkey and Syria with everything going on because of the, the horrendous earthquake and all the the loss that they've uh, had to endure. Um, our hearts are going out to you, and um, we're hoping that help gets your way uh, by any way possible. And for all those that have lost their loved ones and lost uh, uh, livelihood and just all the losses, we are so sorry, so very sorry. Um, our love goes to you. So I wanted to make sure to to express that. Um, and now on with the show. Welcome everyone to episode 52 of the Gen X Photography Podcast. I'm your host, Mario Piper. And I do thank you all for joining with me. Now, normally on our episodes, we have either a guest uh, with my co-hosts or just myself as a, a solo show where I talk about a certain subject. But today is pretty cool. It's just going to be the three of us. So my dear co-hosts, Julie and Suzanne, are with me today. Hello, both of you. Hi. Hello. <laughs> and we're going to be... Uh, kind of reviewing 2022 and uh, just the good things that happened in 2022, as well as a look ahead to 2023 and what our goals are or what we you know, would like to do. And then in the second part of the episode, we're going to talk about a certain kind of camera that the three of us uh, enjoy. And we'll find out what that is in just a little bit. But uh, anyways, uh, instead of Getting into what our past weeks are, since we're going to kind of do a review, why don't we just uh, go ahead and start um, with you, Suzanne, how 2022 was and what you look, up, look forward to for 2023. All right. That sounds good. I'm very excited about this episode. Um, I have, I, yeah, I've heard a couple of other podcasts or YouTubes that I've listened to going over, even just like where, if they had goals set, like, did they meet them? Did they not meet them? Just kind of a review. And I, I found it really interesting to hear what other people were doing and accomplishing and stuff. So um, that actually prompted me to put together my 2023 list of my goals, which I'll get to secondly. But the first part, I had to go back when you said you wanted to talk about the recap. I had a really hard time remembering. <laughs> I had a great year. It, there's, yeah. there's, other than being attacked by the dog, that was the only bad thing that happened in the year. Yeah. So I did, I did go back and look at it. Um, like through my pictures to see if it would trigger anything. So I would remember what, what my year was about. Um, and I did write it down. So I hope I don't sound too like I'm reading, but I will try not to do that. Don't worry. Um, I'm going to be reading too. So, <laughs> okay, good, good, good. So I, one of the most notable things that I did was I acquired from our mutual friend, Sherry Christensen, a Nikon FE2 camera. And I, I think, Mario, you and I discussed this way back when, when we first started, uh, when I first came on. I sort of stayed away from Nikon when I went back to film because only because I've only ever shot Nikon. Like, 
all my digital cameras. I've never gone into other systems. And so I was just really eager to try something else. Anyway, so fast forward to now, I'd never bought my an Nikon and I'd since acquired, you know, my F5 and whatnot. So I bought this camera from her and discovered that it is my new baby. Mm. I absolutely love, I, I mean, it's got a meter, internal meter. Um, it is an electronic shutter, which don't laugh at this, but I don't even know how that makes it different from a manual shutter. So right. <laughs> I, I'm not the techie head, but I love it. And I love how it shoots. I love the images that I make with it. Um, I bought a second one. Oh, wow. <laughs> so, so <laughs> now I have two FE2s that I keep one with color and one with black and white. And I have sort of a small selection of lenses with it. Um, but that that was sort of my biggest takeaway from 2022 was I really fell into a camera that just made me complete. <laughs> so um, <laughs> anyway, uh, oh, that kind of leads me to my next thing where I, I really have switched from going from almost 100% color shooter to 99, 95% black and white shooter. Oh, wow. Um, I could never see in black and white. I could never, I loved looking at other people's images in black and white. I consumed it like crazy, but I just never could see that way. And I never really felt the desire to capture the world that way. And I don't even know how I started doing it. I think actually came along. No, it didn't come along with the FB2. It was before that. But I started shooting some inexpensive black and white. I do shoot the Arista EDU 400 mostly, which... Uh, I know everybody know, or if you don't know, it's also Foma Pan, um, just repackaged. But I bought it because it was the cheapest one, and I fell in love with it. So it it is a little like grainy, you know, and but it's it's not horrible. It's not horrible. But it, to me, it's a beautiful film. It's contrasty. I get a little more texture in my images. Um, I found out that they might have some uh, quality control <laughs> issues in some of their 120 rolls. Just gonna throw that out there. Oh, wow. um, but that being said, I, I love the film. So I've now have the desire to focus mostly on a couple emulsions and not do what I was doing before, where I was just like, give me all the film, I wanna try it all. But I was finding it was kind of hard for me to have any sense of continuity in my work, which kind of ties into next year's goals. Um, and just, it. Sort of slowed me down from learning what this film could do for me. Yeah. So since I loved it so much, I had a camera so much that I was really married to. Mm -hmm. um, I'm focusing mostly on the Arista 400, and then I also shoot HP5, Ilford HP5, because it pushes so beautifully, okay. and I can. The Arista does not. Oh, I don't it? recommend trying that. Um, I did try it, and it just it just looked gross. So um, so anyway, so. HP5 I keep for when I'm photographing in the house, like the kids are around and I, I need to push it, but I still want to shoot film. So I also am trying to narrow in my color choices. I have a lot of experimental film that I am excited to try, um, but I'm going to sort of be putting that in more intermittently. Mm -hmm. I purchased a roll of Vision 2 200T film oh. from Ultrafine Online um, last, last year or maybe the last couple of years. And so I'm trying to really focus on that, um, that particular film, 
I have a love-hate relationship with it. Oh, do you? I don't, I don't think Vision 2 is made anymore. I think now it's just Vision 3, but you can still get Vision 3 200T. I have a problem with, talk about the dust issue. Yeah. There is always hair, dust, scratches, and it could be developed in the same tank and treated the same way as my other role, and it still comes out just like, oh, my word, I have to do so much to this negative once I scan it in and da-da-da. So, but when it when it works, it's amazing. I, I love it. So I'm really in love with the Vision 3 films. And I know there's a 500T, 800T, 200T. Um, 50D. Anyway, so there's, what's that? And 50D. And the 50D, yeah, I have a lot of that in my, my the Cinestill in my freezer too. Um, so that's kind of what I'm focusing on for that emulsion, for color emulsion. Color is a little bit different because if I know I wanted to turn out, I kind of pull out a little Ultramax or Fuji yeah. or something that I know <laughs> it's like I can count on it not having all the blemishes in it. Yeah. Um, so that was to me, that's exciting. Yeah, that's cool. Um, I also tried lift printing in the darkroom for the first time this year and really liked that. It's very slow mm-hmm. and I'm all about slowing down. But this one's really slow. <laughs> so I'm I'm trying to figure out how to keep this in my repertoire of things that I do not all the time, mm-hmm. but do some of the time because I really enjoy the outcome of it when you do it right, when yeah. I do it right. <laughs> um, so so that was exciting. I, I really enjoyed that. I have a good book on it. Tim Rudman, I think it is. Yeah. He has a book on... Um, I have it around here. I can, we can always, do you put show notes in? Yeah. Okay. I could, I could link that up or I could give you the information to put that in there. If anybody's interested, it's really a good book and walks you through all the process. Yeah. Um, oh, I also started bulk rolling film. Uh, isn't it fun? Yeah. <laughs> and it's so fun to be like, you don't feel like, okay, I just want to go out and shoot a little bit, but I got to shoot a whole roll of 24, a whole roll of 36 uh-huh. and go roll 12 or, yeah. you know, if I'm testing a camera or whatever. So mm-hmm. That was very exciting. So I have a couple of bulk loaders yeah. and I have, so I have color in one and black and white in the other. Nice. Um, 2022, I ended up having not traveled at all other than like a quick weekend trip to maybe see my stepdaughter in school in Montana or my stepson school in Colorado. Um, really hadn't traveled much. Chris and I hadn't taken a actual vacation since 2017. So we ended up going to Maine and that sort of, and then we ended up going to Mexico. And I, so we were like, it took four, four, two big trips and two little trips. But it was neat because I got exposed to different parts of the country again. And my whole excitement for seeing the United States really is just. It's tight. a big place, isn't it? It's a big place. And that's one of our goals is like, I don't really care at the moment about traveling. I would. If it fell into my lap, I'd certainly take a trip outside of the U.S. But there's so much here that I haven't seen that I want to see. So that was exciting because I feel like it really um, got my juices flowing about photography of just, I don't know, it just renewed that excitement, especially the trees and the roots and the mosses in Maine, (laughs) which I fell in love with. Oh, man, Maine is beautiful. Yes. Oh, my gosh. Yes, it is. So that was that was kind of my 2022 in recap. Um, 2023, I'm very motivated at the moment and that kind of feels good Yeah. as, as we all know, we have these ups and downs in photography, uh, or in life, I should say in mm-hmm. life and it, and it could affect our photography. Um, 
but I, at the moment I'm feeling motivated. So I have kind of a long goal list, but it won't be that long. So don't, not to, not to worry. So first on my goal list is I would really like to put together two bodies of work that are meaningful to me. Um, a cohesive unit of work. So it's not just like randomly. I mean, maybe some things will be a random picking of other photography that I've done throughout maybe last year. Probably I wouldn't go any further in my past, maybe two years back. But um, I really want to put together a body of work. I have one body of work that I did when I was working with the mentor back in 2021. Is that when I did that? And it's, it's on my website and it's called Home. And it's under fine art or something. So that was a small body of work that I did when I was working with Alethea Casey, who is amazing. And um, she helped me put some stuff together. It, it talks a little bit about it there. So if anybody wants to go look at it, they can go hear my thoughts on it and see it. Is um, she the one that said that you uh, that your best work was in black and white? Yes. Yes. Okay. Oh, my gosh. You remembered. Yes. Yeah. Okay. And you know what? That's actually that's what prompted me to start shooting more black and white. I probably already told you that. But it did prompt me because I was like, oh, my gosh, I, she's right. And I don't I don't know um, why I didn't shoot more before. But, yes, that was her. Okay. So the, the ideas that I have, I definitely want to do something with, like, the trees and the roots. And because I'm very drawn to trees, um, I was talking to another photographer. And, and I mentioned that they to me they're the closest thing in nature to humans <laughs> because they're kind of like, like I love photographing people. Mm. But I don't have as many access to as many people anymore now that my children are growing up and they <laughs> they resist my camera a little bit more. Yeah. But um, other than my yeah, other than my um, my paid portrait work, which I absolutely love, too. But I love trees. They have personalities. They have history. They have stories to tell. Mm -hmm. And then everything surrounding them. Um, I think that could be one possibility. Um, I would really like to try some double exposures in the dark room and more in camera, but more the ones that are a little more intentional. Okay. So I've done some that are like when you do a, a film swap, mm -hmm. which are really fun because then you just have no idea. Um, but I'd like to do some that are more intentional. So that's, I don't know that that will be my project, but that was just an idea that I wrote down. Um, I received, I had a couple of uh, pro packs of Portra 400 and a couple of 800 in my freezer. I was gifted another one for Christmas and I decided that I need to do a portrait project before the film gets too expired. Like, I yeah. think, I think it's all very relevant. Some of my roles are not expired and some of them are, but I always save it because I'm like, it's so valuable, you know, mm. like you don't want to shoot those roles that are 20 bucks a roll. Yeah. It's like gold now. <laughs> yeah. Unless I mean, you uh, know. Not Kodak gold, but like the metal gold. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's like gold in yeah. air quotes. Yeah. yeah. But, um, so I, I'm going to do a project related to portrait. And I actually kind of came up with something when Chris and I were out last weekend. I Don't hold me to this. But one of my ideas is just I'm going to go and I'm going to shoot whatever sort of theme that I'm going for. And I'm not going to develop them until for a while. Oh, wow. Like, sit on them. And then come back and see, okay, what? Because I think most of us, shoot like if you look back at your work you're going to see common threads mm -hmm. right i love to shoot shallow depth of field i like to get close i'm not as big of a wide open person but i do incorporate like you just start to see see uh i don't know themes or something your style <laughs> yeah some sort of style coming through so 
I'm not sure I can do that because that's going to be like torture, but that was an idea. <laughs> um, the other thing that I want to do is I have saved one pack of each of the duotones in Polaroid. Okay. So I have one of the green, I have a blue, and I have a yellow. Oh, wow. So I would like to do one project that, that is just those three packs. And if they came back with pink, oh, my gosh. <laughs> I was talking to somebody, uh, uh, Karina, maybe. I can't remember who it was. We were talking about pink, and I'm like, I want pink so bad. Are there are there grumblings that there's going to be? No, okay. no. She just she had taken a photo on it, and I'm like, oh, I wish they would bring that back. And she said it was a little bit different than how the duotones are okay. when they had the pink. But anyway, I think wow. it'd be pretty yeah the duo so was Duo, yeah we had i think we had a pack of the blue and that was really cool film it's we fun. did the yellow too oh yeah, that's right yes we did the yellow was actually my favorite it was my I, favorite i thought i, thought I, I was gonna stuff. like the blue and i liked the yellow better same yes i totally thought i was gonna like the the blue was gonna be the piece of resistance i liked the green but it definitely is finicky and they, they I, even know that. They said, you know, try not to do, to, you know, shoot it when it's right out of the fridge or 20 minutes. I can't remember what the, I'm just going like to shoot it. Spots or something like that on it? Yeah. 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 Like modeling. And yeah. that definitely happened on mine, but okay. it's okay. It's like, it's Polaroid. It's part of the, right. it's, it's part of what you kind it's of expect. film. <laughs> it's film. Exactly. And even more, more uh, in, in discrepancies. Yeah. Um, so, okay. I'm getting close. So <laughs> no, that's totally you good. You never knew I could talk so much. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Sorry, guys. Everybody will have their turn. Um, okay. Yay. I really want to learn how to shoot color better to make it feel like I feel like my black and white feels. If that makes sense. I want to I want to shoot color in a way that feels very emotive. Okay. Is that a word? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, yeah, because black and white, it almost has an inherent emotion to it. Yeah. Uh, a, a mood, as uh, um, Ted Vera says. You know, he talks a lot about oh my mood. Gosh. I love Ted Vera. <laughs> Me too. Um, but, you know, it, it, black and white just has a, a an inherent mood, whether it's it a really contrasty mood or grainy mood or, or whatever color it's a bit more more of a challenge to get that mood or get that emotion into it yeah well and i see this is kind of like where i was when i used to see other people's black and white and i loved it but i couldn't shoot it now i feel like i'm that with color like i can look at other people's color photograph and like dang that's good why can't i get something like that and so now i'm back to that point but i'd like to just test my you know i don't know push myself a little bit and try to get more try to get better with with color so yeah. that's that's a, definitely a big goal um i actually think if i can figure out how to shoot it right i think euphoric might be the film for the, me uh is that from atlantic film co from atlanta film company okay. it's the e100 okay um and bill manning has some great stuff on the on the atlantic film company atlanta film company they have some examples and then jamie maldonado also did a youtube on it and his his images were really cool so that that may be the film that i find i can most work with um best so is that, is that a slide film it is okay and then I, do you cross process it yes but, so the way they suggest the way the atlanta film company suggests you do it is to process it in ecn2 okay so 
that was another goal on my list that now I can say, I have actually tried it. Yeah. I did that last weekend and I was scared to death. And I don't know, I always get scared of the unknown and then I do it and I'm like, that wasn't that bad. No, but it's not. <laughs> no. So, so that was one of my goals is to learn how to develop an ECN2 chemistry. So I've done only two, a whopping two roles, but yeah. I at least took the plunge. So now I kind of am not as scared of it. Right. So yeah, develop an ECN2. And then he kind of talked me through a couple of tweaks that I should make when um, in post-processing. And it, it's a confusing for me because I've really never shot slide film. Yeah. But holy cow, does it sing? It, those colors. Woo! That's I got, cool. Yeah, I had a couple shots from. I shot one of the two that I bought because I wanted to see how I liked it. One of the images is how I expected the whole roll to turn out. Like your shadows just fall away. There's nothing in them. And but I overexposed it because we were shooting in the snow mm -hmm. and I think there was so much light out there that I really never had those dark, those shadows that so, but Holy cow. I, I'm going to share some with you guys because okay. the blue, Oh my gosh. It's just, it's absolutely stunning. So, so it's, you said that it's, yeah, sorry. You, the euphoric film is E100. I believe it's E100. Okay. So that's yeah. ectochrome. Yes. And I shot, I, I I'm sorry that I'm uh, breaking into your oh, no, no, role, I don't care. but I shot a, a roll of E100. I think it was, I think it was last spring, spring okay. of 2022. And, uh, and it's not part of my recap. I'm just, it's just kind of tying yeah. into yours. And I cross processed it in, I think it was just C41 okay. and it looked gorgeous. Yes. I, I was amazed. I was just like, whoa, this is like mind blowing. <laughs> it was so pretty. And but but it, it wasn't what I was expecting. Yeah. That's the funny thing is I was really expecting all the shadows behind the trees that I was seeing a shadow to be completely, you know, just uh -huh. dark. And they weren't. Wow. And I, I think it's because of the snow. I really think it's, it was just my setting more than it, like my environment. Wow. Um, I would like to get into two galleries via open calls. Um, we have a lot of galleries around here, especially close to where I work. And I, I think it's, it's definitely doable. I just have to to submit. <laughs> I have to actually take the time to, okay, yeah. look at the open call list, submit my photos, see if I get, see, I, I think it's a doable goal. Yeah. Um, I would like to get into two magazines via, via open submission. And I am happy to say that I have two already. <laughs> oh, wow. That's cool. So one is the hand magazine. And that one came out. It was the last one. I had one of my photos from Maine. Happened to be inside. So it was a photo of our bed and the window behind it. But I was very pleased to get in there. It's a really neat magazine. Um, the and then I had magazine? one. It's called The Hand. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. The guy, the guy in, the in Kansas. What, what's that, Mario? I'll, I'll put that in the show notes. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It's a guy in Kansas makes it. It's, it's really neat. It's not all photography. Um, but it's ha hand made thing. Yeah, exactly. So, um, and the other one is coming up. It's going to be in the Sun magazine, and they actually accepted it. So, I think with them, you submit photos, and then they might say, okay, yes, we're going to want to use that. But then they wait until they have an issue that it can fit within. So it's not like they have to go out and get fresh calls every month when they want to put a magazine out. Um, so it was accepted last year, so I technically probably shouldn't count that one, <laughs> just, to, just to keep myself honest. But I did just find out that it's going to be an upcoming April issue. So I'm very pumped about that. Okay. And then I also came across, do you know who Bray, uh, Bray Hunsicker is? Hunsicker? No. Mm -mm. Uh, photographer on YouTube. He's a YouTuber. Um, really beautiful photography. 
he had a call out for a community gallery. And so he accepts 100 photographers and then he you're supposed to submit uh, eight photographs. And then if you if you want, if you're accepted, then you will. He's actually putting out 25 each week. Okay. So I'm going to be in week four. Um, but yeah, and then you can go and click on the person's name. It's I think you can link it through his Instagram and I will make sure I let you know what that is too. It's okay. really neat. I watched his, he's, he, he shows them live the week before they come out. Okay. And, um, and I watched his live. I had to reach the rerun because I couldn't be on it. But um, it's neat because then he go, he actually clicks through each photographer and just like, talks about that you know they're like oh this is rad what'd you do here you know and if you're in the chat great if you're not great he just kind of talks about it so really a neat guy neat concept um and i'm very flattered to be in there he said there oh, were 600 cool. submissions so i feel very good about that wow and all the photographers i mean everything that's up for the first week i'm just like oh people <laughs> are amazing i'm so happy to be like you just get introduced mm -hmm. to other people um let's see here learn oh complete my 52 frames project which is part of the it's it's not my project I'm involved in it um, can you explain what that what that is I can yes so it's 50 like the number 52 frames.com if mm -hmm. people want to check it out there's a prompt issued every week on uh, actually you'll know in four weeks in advance what each week will be just for the next four weeks starting Monday you have from Monday until Sunday night at 12 p.m New York time to submit a picture that is based around a specific theme that the creator of the group comes up with. Okay. Um, your interpretation. So this last one was shallow depth of field. I'm like, gonna <laughs> nail that one, you know, cause I shoot that <laughs> way all the time. But so, it, and it doesn't matter, that, that's all they tell you. And so seeing the variety of photography that comes from one prompt to, there's probably 3,600 people that do this. Oh, wow. World, worldwide. And it's not a competition. It's just a challenge. Yeah. And uh, I got Chris is doing it. My husband, Chris, is doing it. Nice. I've gotten some people at the gym to do it um, because it's it, for some people who don't always pick up their cameras. Like we talk we talk all the time photography and we do it all the time. So it's like for us, it's like whatever. Yeah. But some people don't pick their camera like Chris will only pick it up if we go on vacation or if we go on a hike. OK, it's encouraging him to really step out of his comfort zone like we had to do talk portrait of a stranger, which all of us were like, I hate this challenge. <laughs> I don't want to talk to anybody. I don't know. But it, it ends up working itself out or you just don't submit. It's you don't have to. There's really no, no nothing's <laughs> there's nothing keeping you that you have. There's no commitment. But it's kind of fun because they tell you what your streak is. So you put it in jail for a <laughs> yeah, it's like the 52 frames police. So it, I really recommend it. It's fun. And it, it kind of I struggle working from a prompt, which is why I went back to doing it. This will be my third year. I took last year off because I was it was becoming more stress than it was fun. And so, like, I'm just going to step away. And then there's I have a group of friends that did it that are all over the U.S. and and outside of the U.S. And they're like, we're getting back in. Who else is in? So I'm like, I had just decided I wasn't going to do it again. And like, nope, this whole group of girls is doing it. I'm, I'm back in. <laughs> so so it's, it's really fun. Um, and then my last thing. Oh, no. Two more things. So. I did start with a self-portrait project within the last couple of years, and I kind of just stopped, and I don't know why, I think maybe just lack of motivation, but I'd like to pick that up again, because when I look back at those, I really, it's kind of neat and inspiring, especially to see where your mind is at the time, and so I'd like to pick that back up, mm -hmm. and then 
I told you I was motivated. <laughs> like, okay. Um, and then, oh, the last thing is just sort of an exciting, fun piece of news. So um, I decided I wanted to learn how to use a flash on my camera. Okay. But if you Google flash with film, like, I'm sure there's some crossover of how you would set a digital camera and how you would set a film camera. But I, I know, like, negative zero. <laughs> <laughs> about about this i've never had an interest uh, to be quite honest i've poo-pooed flash for years it's like yeah. no i'm not using a flash you know but there's something about it and then also when i started thinking about the euphoric film like jamie maldonado used flash like brilliantly and i'm like i need to learn this so i threw it out on my story and said if anybody has any sort of um resources that they could share with me i need a dummies guide like, I know what a flash is. I know where it goes. That's all I know. <laughs> so um, anyway, a girl that I met via Instagram who also shot out of the Botanic Gardens on film yeah. answered cool. my story. And I know it was like such a random thing. And so she said, there is a workshop coming up at this local film lab. I'm like, what are the odds that that would happen? This is their first workshop. Wow. So I'm like, sign me up. So I signed up. So that's going to be not not this weekend, but next weekend. And I'm very excited to learn and just maybe incorporate that into my work a little bit more. Yeah, I haven't used Flash. um, I mean, maybe on one of my point and shoots, uh, you know, if if it's inherent with it. But I haven't Mm -hmm. used Flash at all on my SLRs just because it's kind of confusing to me. It's very confusing. Well, and I'm going to share any knowledge that I get because I think a lot of us might shy away from it but um for whatever reason some some people just don't like it i never really liked it and now i'm like no i actually think i like it so (laughs) so yeah that's me in a nutshell i got a couple questions about some of the things you said um for one thing the the girl at the botanic gardens yes she shoots film right yes okay let's get her on the podcast oh my gosh yes okay Okay. (laughs) that would be fun yeah she and i connected it was the weirdest thing because you know i was this is another thing that they have an orchid show every year. Uh-huh. And so we go out and we always take pictures and you can submit three pictures and you can win a gift, a gift certificate to this local camera store that I always go to. Yeah. So I'm like, of course I'll submit something. So I go out there and I have black and white in my film and I'm thinking, oh, they probably won't take mine because it's not colorful, but maybe. Yeah. The way you submit is you post it to your Instagram and then there's a hashtag. So I'm like, oh, I can see what my competition is. So I click on the hashtag. One of the first three pictures that pops up is a black and white. So I'm like, and that's the only other black and white. So I click on it. Sure enough, she took it with a Nikon FM3, I think. Oh, oh I'm wow. like, gosh darn it, what? So I reached out to her, followed her on Instagram. I'm like, I can't believe you're submitting it. You live here and you shot it with film. <laughs> that's so, so cool. So we kind of connected. So yeah, I'll reach out to her. I'll talk Absolutely. to her. Absolutely. That'd be great. She's, yeah. Okay, good. I'm making a note right now and I'm done talking. Okay. Um, the oh, second thing I wanted to ask is uh, you, when you started out, you talked about, um, you know, the review of 2022 um, that you got your F, FE2. FE2, yep. Yeah. And then bought another one and you really synced with that camera. And then um, that you're wanting to kind of focus more on just one or two film stocks. When did you start shooting, like get back into film? Uh, 2017. Okay. So I'm wondering about trajectories and you're kind of on that trajectory now. I'm not there yet. Like I'm still like wanting to try everything. Yeah. Um, but 
I might get into that, you know, in, in yeah. next year, two years yeah, from now. Might, I'm not sure. <laughs> you might not, and that's okay. Like, I don't yeah. think there's anything, there's no one way. No. But I started feeling like it would, it would calm my mind a little bit. Mm-hmm. Because I, I tend, as you can probably tell from the amount of talking I'm doing, I tend to get very excited <laughs> about things. You know, so it's like, oh my gosh, another camera. Oh my gosh, yeah. another camera. And then I'm left, like, how do I learn any of them if I don't ever just use one like yeah. solid amount of time that's true that's true um so your fe2s do they have you said working meters right yeah are yeah, they I, pretty I, accurate yeah that's i'm finding out that a, a really working good working meter that's accurate is so so helpful to, Agreed. just to use the camera i mean it makes yeah. it so easy to use the camera and get good results i agree so. yeah i love it yeah cool well, Julie, let's get to you. It's time for the baby. It's time for the baby to talk. <laughs> I can't wait. I, yeah, I feel, I feel like I should have gone first now because I'm like, oh, we should have gone for youngest photographer <laughs> to oldest. Nah. Um, I don't know. But I also have a list and it might sound like I'm reading it. Because talking too okay. much is probably going to make me feel nervous. Totally but, okay. Um, so I'm counting November and December of 2021 in my year because that's yeah. when I started taking pictures. Yeah. Um, it's so just from, an artifi- artificial yeah. construct, right? <laughs> yeah. We'll go with that. Okay. <laughs> um, so since November of 2021, I used 47 different cameras. And I shot 94 <laughs> rolls of film and 155 four by fives and 150 one and three quarter inch squares in my film canister cameras. And then I've just got boxes of all different sizes of paper from my different pinhole cameras mm. um, and also about 25 two by threes from my baby speed graphics. Um, so I tried a lot of things and, (laughs) but in that amount of time now I'm, I basically shoot two cameras. Um, one being my Yashica C Mm -hmm. and the other being Violet, my speed graphic. Those are my, they're my babies. Those are (laughs) the two I like the most. And I do have some really old ones that I love. They're finicky, so I can't, I don't shoot them a lot, but I hold them a lot. This is the baby. Commander, <laughs> brilliant, in case anyone who can't see me cradling my baby wants to know what it is. <laughs> well, what is it. that again, Julie? A Voigtlander, brilliant. It's a TLR okay. of sorts. Yeah. You can talk about that later. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I also found out that I really, do not like the dark and I've tried to overcome my issues with the dark and I've decided I'm just not a dark room person. I'm a red room person. So I am working on my red room process and discarding the, the black dark room ideas Mm -hmm. and films that have to go in the dark. If they're not, like 120 where Mario will do them for me. 
they're just not things I'm probably going to use very much. Um, so I really like shooting paper, which I cut into all different sizes to fit into things like this old camera. I can shoot paper in my old vintage cameras. Um, I even stuck it in the Mamiya, which made a good, good negative, but they're so tiny. Those little <laughs> tiny six by six. Oh, man. <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> the baby. <So> spoiled. <laughs> I have to pick on Mario because he just, he's moving you, up. You he's... wait until I do mine. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'll wait. I'll I'll wait, and then I'll get you later. All right. <laughs> um, okay, where was I on my list? Don't like the dark room. I like the red room. I like shooting paper. Oh, and something I've talked to Suzanne about this before um, that I've found like the, the pictures that I make that I really like are ones that other people don't really seem to be interested in. Yeah, Suzanne, you told me that that you have the same experience. Same yeah, thing. you're like, what? <laughs> I'm like, but I love that one. I'm like, why do you like that one? <laughs> I'm like, that was my favorite. I know. Um, so that's, that's like something that I learned. I don't, I don't know anything other than that. I learned it right now. I have learned it. Um, I also learned like looking back, I, I started printing a bunch of my photos because they only, I've only ever seen them on the computer. Um, and I found a pack of just like photo paper for your regular house printer at the thrift store for 25 cents or 50 cents and so I picked it up and I was like ah I'll give this a whirl then I, I shot the I, I shot the whole pack I <laughs> printed the whole pack like in one night I just kept I'm like I wonder what this picture looks like on paper and I ran out of paper and I was like oh <laughs> out but in doing that and looking at the ones that I I really liked I was like they're all the weird ones. They're lots of pinhole ones, or they're my speed graphics. They're the ortholitho film that drove me nuts when I took the pictures. The I don't know if if you guys have shot the Arista ortholitho film. Mm -hmm. It's like a super cheap sheet film that you can get. Um, well, you'd have to you'd have you to shoot. You forget, Julie. I'm a small format shooter. <laughs> Sorry, we don't know what you speak of. Yeah, so it's a poor man's 4x5 film. It's super cheap, and you do not have to be in the dark. You can do it in the red light, which I like. So I shot a whole, you know, big box of it that I got on B&H, and I was like, I'm never buying this again. It's so finicky. Like, sometimes I'd get pictures that were, like, burnt by the sun. And at the time, it was annoying. And then when I when I printed them on paper, I was like, that's my favorite. I love that. Um, Isn't that cool how that happens? Yeah. I don't love it on the computer, but I love it oh, yeah. when I printed it. Mm -hmm. And um, so I want to get more of that film now. Can I ask um, you something well, real quick? Yeah. So you talked about you don't like the dark room, but you like the red room. I don't ever go in the complete dark. Is there something you have to do in the complete dark? Uh, well, when you shoot four by five, you if you don't have and I don't have a uh, like a mod four five. I think that's what they're called. I don't have a way to develop 
my sheet film except for in the trays. Okay. So. And that has to be done in the complete dark? Yeah. Oh, oh my gosh, I had no idea. Yeah, so I have like, I have a box of T-Max, I have a box of Tri-X, I have, I actually scored a box of Acros or Acros, however you're supposed to say it. I have two boxes of 4x5 in that, which I haven't shot because um, I really like that film. I've never shot it in a 4x5, but I really like that film in 120, so I'm like... I have to wait till I'm really good at taking pictures before I use it. Um, and until I have a way to develop it, not in a tray in the dark. Okay. Okay. My, the mod four by four, yeah. four or five thing. Well, my okay. attention span, I've mentioned it before. Mario knows that I end up just like rocking like a neurotic toddler. <laughs> when it takes too long. You know, it's true oh, you'd yeah, never yeah. you'd never out me on it publicly but i just outed myself <laughs> he, he tries to help me cope he'll be like how about i count out loud and i'm like that is not gonna help <laughs> but it takes so long i mean it takes the same amount of time as when you're doing a roll of film in a tank but it's in a tray one piece of film at a time mm. it's it's ridiculous whereas yeah. with paper it's I develop for two minutes, stop bath for 30 seconds, fix it for 30 seconds, wash it for two or three minutes and I'm done. It's, mm-hmm. you know, I have it like six minutes per sheet. And the results are really cool. I mean, sh- shooting on paper, what you've done when you have shot, you know, shot your your paper in your four by five cameras, the results have always been crisp and sharp and just really beautiful so that's cool yeah that's really and, cool. and it's cheap it's yeah it well especially for me because i'm shooting all paper that i basically got for free mm-hmm. <laughs> um you know it won't be as cheap if i when i have to purchase paper <laughs> <laughs> okay you still got the, you got the free stuff yeah i've got lots of the free stuff yeah. um and i just like the paper it's almost like a polaroid to me like Oh, yeah. You know, what you get straight out of your camera is right there on the paper. And if for me, I've found with testing exposures, if I rate it at ISO three, I like how a lot of them look just in the camp from the camera. And I'm like, nope, don't need to invert it. I'm shooting for the negative. I like it the way it is. So um, anyway, I like that. Yes, my list. Where am I? <laughs> oh, okay. So I had a couple exciting things that happened last year. One being one of my pictures got put in a calendar, in Revlog's calendar, which was Ooh. cool. <laughs> and so um, cool. it was. And a few of them are on um, Mario. What film was it? That, that was Revlog paper. No, no, no. The other oh. one. The um. Oh, the the, uh, the burrito number twelve. Yeah, burrito number twelve. Uh, no color, no color no studio. No color studio. Oh so yeah. A few of my pictures are samples on his website, which also. was cool as Bravo well. To you. I love that. Um, so those were fun for me, and um, hugely exciting was getting to meet Heather Palasek and go to her exhibit. That was yes. so fun, and yeah. I took one of her courses on Zoom, which was through the Agora Experimental Photography Conference. I did that last year. 
and then it's come they're doing redoing it this year so they're pre-recorded from the year before but last year i only took heather's class so i bought the whole package this year and um so I, that's a 2023 thing i just started it i'm taking all those it's all experimental photography techniques oh. and it's like all the instructors are just crazy they speak very rough english except for heather <laughs> which okay, makes so it really I'm fun gonna, i'm going to pass along what i learned about flash if you'll pass along what you learned about experimental stuff because you know i love that too That's yeah so oh my gosh i'm pumped for you it's been fun so far. I've watched a few of them. I'm going to watch more tonight with Justin Quinnell because you guys aren't, that's going to fall flat because you guys aren't super into pinhole. <laughs> <laughs> so you have to now go look up Justin Quinnell, who is I'll like do I'll, I'll do while you're one of the coolest pinhole guys. He, um, he just, he's famous for these things called offilograms. Okay where he'll stick a pinhole camera like right up in somebody's face and it he makes you look like a hamster it'll be like up your nose and like your mouth's all pointed and warped oh my and, god um, also mouth cameras he puts them in his oh mouth so you see the back of his teeth and whatever was outside of his mouth mm -hmm. that's on his website i just pulled it up it's like a baby it says lewis getting to know dad yeah <laughs> that's awesome he he's really well, I mean, I, I don't know him personally, but he just is a really yeah. fun, cool guy. God. The wilder, the better as far yes. as what he oh does. Gosh, I, love I love it. He makes cameras out of dumpsters and like rolls them around and makes big pictures the size of like, you know, a wheelie um, trash bin. I don't What are they called? A wheelie Dumpster? trash bin. That's well, whatever. Picture a wheelie trash <laughs> okay. bin. Okay. Okay. He yeah. puts a pinhole in the front and shoots huge images with them. It's just, he's really cool. So that's Rad. what I'm watching tonight is um, a class that he teaches in there. So I'm pretty excited. And I'm almost done. Don't worry. Don't worry. Either, I, guys. I'm just looking at some of his uh, um, photos. Yeah, cool. me too. Like, <laughs> yeah, love, he's got yeah, cool eagle. stuff. There's a guy, an a eagle or, or a something smoking a cigarette or something oh my That's goodness interesting. yeah it's a it, i'm pretty sure that that is a like stuffed bird in an actual oh. museum of some sort got it <laughs> <laughs> that's funny yeah the museum Fun. goes up in flames okay. all right so that's that's my style at the moment anyways i guess oh. i just like to try stuff and play with things so the classes are like that. They're fun. That's awesome. Just doing crazy stuff. Um, another really exciting thing was meeting Nicole Small. Um, I know we all, you know, we talked to her on the podcast, but um, she also, we talked on Skype a bunch of times. She helped me design my camera and helped me figure out things that I just, with however my brain works, I kept trying to understand what things meant some this sounds really dumb but in case anyone else there else out there feels dumb you can feel less dumb i could not figure out for the longest time what a high contrast picture meant or what continuous tone i i just look at pictures and i'm like well i like that and i right. kind of like that or i don't really like that 
but I didn't understand what those words meant. And so I was telling her that and she was able to explain it in a way that I could get it. And she showed me pictures like this one versus this one and pointed out the differences. She's just, she is a super awesome woman and she makes awesome cameras and she is really good at explaining things. So I'm looking forward great. to meeting her in person. I hope in this year, in 2023, that's one of my, one of your one of my things. Yeah. She's in Montreal, which isn't that far. And we just got enhanced driver's licenses today. <laughs> so I'm looking forward to meeting her. Um, that's, that is my 2022. And part of my 2023, oh, yeah. I think I actually said most of my 2023 in my 2022. So the only thing I'm going to say so that we can move on from my rambling it's totally fine. It's not rambling i love this this is so fun i so this happened in 2023 not 2022 but it's really exciting to me from the drunken dark room mike kukavika you guys know now he's on the negative positives uh-huh. i love his pictures and i like went through his instagram all the way back to the beginning and there's a picture which i'm not going to tell you but i'll show you when i I'll show it to you at an undisclosed future date. <laughs> There's a picture on there, and I was just like, I want that so much for my wall. So I commented under the picture, I really wish that this picture was posted for sale so that I could buy a print of it. And he said, why don't we do a print exchange? And he wanted one of my pictures. And I'm like, nobody's wanted a picture of mine before. So that was super exciting. And he wanted my moody mud puddle picture. I love that picture. Which I, well, you know, Suzanne and Mario, you definitely know I have fought with the dark room. Mike, I hope you appreciate how much time (laughs) I spent trying to bond with an enlarger. And you're going to hear it first on here, if you listen, uh, that I broke down and I ordered it. It's okay. I was like, I can't do it. I can't do it. So I'm not going to be giving him an actual silver gelatin print, but hopefully it'll still be pretty. Yeah. It will but be amazing. It will be. That was so exciting to me because he's like super cool and... He wanted my muddy mud puddle picture. So that was really exciting. Cool, cool, cool. You can't get better than that. So no. I'm going to like just leave it there. Yeah. <laughs> unless you want me to talk to you with Suzanne about our idea for supporting yeah. photographers before yeah, this, we go on. This would be a perfect time. Okay. So something I started last year was to pick each month a photographer that I follow on social media and try to find a way to support them, like find something that they sell and purchase it. So I started with ordering a print from Kevin Lane, who I'm sure everybody knows Mm -hmm. from uncle Jonesy's. Jonesy's. Um, He has an Etsy store. So if you, you can go and order yourself a print too. He's got lots of cool pictures on there. Um, Anyway, 
because I was talking to Suzanne about this idea about um, picking somebody and giving them a shout out on the podcast and like mm. supporting that person, purchase whether they have a zine or a book or something different. Um, so this month to kick it off, we have two people. Suzanne's going to shout out to somebody when um, soon and I'm going to shout out to this book that I bought that is written by Roxana Engels from The Negative Positives called An Introduction to Mindfulness Through Photography. I just got it. The introduction that I've read so far is great, but I haven't yet read it. But um, I'm sure the reviews that she has were great and it looks very cool. It's got some pictures but mostly it, it teaches you how to practice mindfulness with your camera and um, talks about working through stress and anxiety, even trauma using photography and mindfulness. So I think it's going to be a really cool book um, and everybody should check it out because she's really cool. I don't know cool. her, but she sounds really cool. Mm-hmm. She's really nice. <laughs> and she Suzanne. Is very cool. Suzanne has the same, she bought the same book. Um, so that's what we're going to do. And Suzanne is going to shout out to somebody that she just okay. supported. Yes, I, and I wholeheartedly agree with Roxana. Her, she is an amazing person. I do know her. And um, the book is wonderful. I read it last year um, and loved it. And she's also a fantastic photographer. Um, Okay, so I am going to shout out um, Garen, and I apologize if I'm pronouncing this wrong, Garen Kiesel. Garon Kiesel. I laugh because my daughter's name is Farron. (laughs) And now I'm in the same predicament that (laughs) everybody be like, is it Farron? Is it (laughs) So I'm going to say Garen. Garen, I hope that I'm doing it correctly. How is it spelled? Uh, it's spelled G-A-R-O-N. Last name is K-I-E-S-E-L. And I believe he is a new listener to the Gen X Photography Podcast. So well, thanks for listening, Garen. Garen. Hopefully you are <laughs> listening tonight since you're getting a shout out. Anyway, I picked up, I saw his uh, Instagram and he had a zine that has just been produced all with 110 photos. And I instantly was like oh my gosh I have got to get this because a I saw a couple of the photos that were in it and I was extremely drawn to the photos but also I I went through a big phase of shooting with 110 and I still love it and it really actually inspired me to take I I haven't loaded it up yet but I still have some 110 in my freezer and I'm like oh I kind of want to go shoot it now (laughs) I still want to develop and scan it because it stinks to do that but I know I can send it away it's just so expensive so anyway I purchased a zine and it looked like um, I got number 30 of 50. So it is a limited edition and he's already sold more than half of them. So if you want one, check him out. I know I did check it out through his Instagram and I, Marielle, make sure you get it. it, it, I think it's just his name, Okay. Um, but I will make sure that that's listed in our show notes as well. I, I love this zine. I can't, I got it today and I've already been flipping through it, but I haven't had a chance to sit down with it. So I'm like, okay. Tonight is the night I get to, (laughs) but I love it. And I love the idea, Julie, that, you know, we pick someone every month and figure out how to, you know, give back to our fellow photogs. You know, there's, 
the way the film the, fil- the film ugh, I can't talk the way the film photography community keeps on growing there's more and more and more of us and it's just nice to get to know people's work so I think yeah this is an excellent idea and I fully support it awesome as a, as one more side point I yeah. there are some other people um, that I really would like to get a print from like Heather Palasek, I she does have a book we talked about when we interviewed her, and I mm-hmm. I do have her book, um, and also Nicole Small. Both of them are willing to sell you a print if you see something that you like, and you private message them. They both are open to that, so possibly a lot of people are, and they just don't yeah. have a store or a website. But I know for me. Just like having Mike want one of my pictures, like I don't want to sell stuff or like I don't feel like I have pictures that are worth selling or saleable at this point. But to have somebody say they would like your picture is just super exciting. So yeah. even if somebody doesn't have something for sale, just letting them know that you love their work and that you would like to yeah. beg, buy or steal a print, you know, <laughs> yeah. it's. It's exciting, and so we can all try that too. Like absolutely, just. I totally. I have I have actually a similar story. So on uh, Lamography's site, you know they have a place where you can post photos. I don't know mm-hmm. if you ever post over there, Mario. Mm-hmm. Do you? Okay. So I have an account over there, and I get my email in my inbox. Oh, your Lamography account's been updated. So I always click and see what the recent posts are. So this gentleman posted a picture, and I'm obsessed with surfing photography, and it's a black and white uh, of a bunch of kids walking into the into the ocean with their surfboards. Okay. Super gritty, like just my taste, 100. Uh, percent So I just commented on it and I said, you know, I would totally buy a print of this. And he got back to me and he said, I would totally sell you a print of this. So <laughs> we ended up, you know, exchanging emails and agreeing on a price. And he printed it in the darkroom for me. That's cool. And yeah, shipped it. He, I think he lives in, he lives overseas somewhere, but it is beautiful and it is on my wall. And cool. It's literally, just from the same thing you did with um, either in the, oh with Mike Kukuvika. Um, just by showing showing that interest, like there's gosh, there's so much talent out there that yes, I just I love it. It's it's awesome. It's so awesome. <laughs> and we're having a negative positive moment here now. Yeah. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> I did I did think maybe we should mention how Andre Dominguez fell asleep during my call in. <laughs> it's only I fair. Feel like, yeah. I feel like it made my call in more special. Yeah. <laughs> totally. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, okay. Well, as far as uh, my 2022 review and the things that I uh, enjoyed. It was a really good year for in in all respects for film photography, for our podcast, and I'll kind of go through. I have a a couple of different points. Uh, number one, <laughs> Julie, you joined me in photography, and that was a big thing because for a couple of years I was kind of doing it alone, and I felt like it was kind of a burdensome or whatever. But you joined me and found the joy in doing analog photography. And it's just been so fascinating to see your growth and to see you try things that I would have never dreamed of trying. You know, I, <laughs> you've bounded leaps and leaps and leaps ahead of me and I'm trying to keep up. 
That's so, okay. I leave a trail of equipment that I can't use behind exactly. for you. Yeah, you do. <laughs> and then yeah. uh, enlargers, course, all yeah. kinds of stuff he's got now. <laughs> and yeah, exactly. And now you've joined the podcast. And so it's the three of us. And I just, I love it. I really love it. Um, so another thing is we had a ton of guests this year, this past year on the podcast. And I'm going to go through all the names right now. So we started off the year with Billy Sanford. And then we went to you, Julie. And then we had Sarah Akers. And then Dave Mahali, and then Dylan Kelly, and then Denise Grays and Ann Holland, and then Heather Palasek. And oh wait, I'm missing a couple. Oh yeah, it was a banner year for the Canadians. <laughs> we had Bill Smith, Jessica Cosmack, Sherry Christensen, Jake Rose, and Nicole Small, all from Canada. So. It was a busy, busy, busy year for the podcast, and I thoroughly enjoyed it. Thoroughly enjoyed every single one of you guests that have been on the podcast. Uh, I think that all three of us uh, have enjoyed each one of you. And I, I have to say, I, I never did a shout out for all the guests in 2021. Um, Suzanne, you were one of the guests and became co-host as a result <laughs> of that. Um, but uh, you know, just it's been. I just love doing this. I really love doing this and have loved every single guest that has been on the on the show. Uh, so really great year for it. Um, another thing that we did is uh, in April of 2022, we went down to New York City. Uh, Lomography put on, it was on their, the Lomography USA um, Instagram site, something about a metropolis walk in New York City. And I'm like, ooh, I used to live in New York City and I love, love New York City. So I was like, uh, but I didn't think we could go. And uh, we ended up going, staying for four days. We got to meet Beer Geet. And uh, that was super fun, super cool. Um, a, a lot of film photographers just going through Williamsburg, uh, you know, the Williams, Williamsburg neighborhood of uh, Brooklyn, just shooting away. And uh, all different kinds of photographers. And yet they all did fantastic, you know, fantastic photography. And I shot uh, Metropolis and Purple there. And it was just so much fun. So, so much fun. Uh, another thing that happened this last year is that, Suzanne, you and I were guests on the Negative Positives podcast. That's right. And that was that was super cool. That was really cool. They're, they're, speaking of the Negative Positives, um, Suzanne, I know you did a call-in uh, about their 400th episode, and that yeah. that is a tremendous uh, achievement. I mean, 400 episodes, we're only on 52. <laughs> I know. We don't have a light. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, huge shout out to the Negative Positives team, and uh, you guys are the inspiration. So, um, how can we talk about 2022 without talking about Lone Chrome Turquoise? <laughs> of course. I love it. So that the shipment finally came. Um, pro most everybody's been, you know, gotten their shipment and been seeing a lot of results. Um, from everybody's uh, shooting it. And it's just amazing that it came out. And speaking of films that came out, color films, my goodness, this was a, 2022 was the year for uh, film in general, just kind of coming back uh, as far as, uh, you know, different film stocks. And especially medium format, 
Gold in two gold two hundred in one twenty. Send is still four hundred D in all the different formats. Lomachrome turquoise in all the different formats. And then uh Kentmere um uh Kentmere uh, one hundred and four hundred in one twenty. Oh yeah. And then <laughs> Revelog and Double Film releasing five of their you know most common films in thirty five millimeter. Released in 120. It's like, holy moly. <laughs> so cool. So cool. Um, <laughs> and You're I'm gonna such end. a film junkie. I know, I know. I love it. it. <laughs> I know. I'm going to end my 2022 um, uh, review with a little bit of Star Wars. And I'm sorry, guys. <laughs> but I have to. So this isn't film related. But I know a lot of you listeners do like Star Wars. And I'm thinking of you, Allie. Um, we, you know, Suzanne, we, you know, we had to talk when we had her on the podcast, we talked about mm -hmm. Boba Fett and all that. So, and all our yes. Star Wars <laughs> characters. So, yes. um, so this year, uh, okay. I have to go back to like 2012 when Disney bought out Lucasfilm. Um, and then 2014 came and there was a, a trailer for a new Star Wars movie. And we're like, ah, you know, we we're all excited. And then it came out and then all of a sudden, the rumors were happening that they were distancing themselves from a certain trilogy of movies that I utterly adore, which is the Star Wars prequels. Prequels. Um, they, they got a lot of a flack, a flack in the in the in the two thousands. A lot of people hated them, but I love them. Um, and then uh, there was even the thought that they were going to redo them or remake them and re-release them. And I'm like, what? They can't do that. And I was, it was like, what's going on? But 2022 was the year that the prequels finally got the love that they deserve from Disney. Um, the Book of Boba Fett came out, and there were a lot of um, like flashbacks to Attack of the Clones, one of the most hated movies, but I love it. I just love it so much. But a lot of flashbacks to Attack of the Clones. Then Kenobi came out with Ewan McGregor and Hayden Christensen, of course, from uh, Revenge of the Sith and uh, Attack of the Clones, uh, reprising the roles of Obi-Wan Kenobi and Anakin Darth Vader. And then the, finally, the Andor series uh, came out. And what a good uh, series that was, with scenes from Coruscant and the mention of Sly Moore, a, a very minor character in the prequels. And yet they mentioned her. So to, for me, 2022 was like the year that the prequels were finally acknowledged by Disney. That's awesome. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so that, that was big for me as a Star Wars fan. <laughs> and I had to include it. <laughs> so 2023. Which was better, turquoise or Star Wars? Right? They're equal in my heart. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> but keeping it film related... Um, 20, no, 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 uh, in 2022, the uh, Andor series, I think I put it on the, maybe the, the film, is it the film, or the podcasters union on, on mes messenger, the me messenger thread, um, in the Andor series, somebody was using an SX-70 as a navigation oh. tool. Oh, yeah, <laughs> it was I, think so I, cool. even, I think I even saw that, because Chris is a huge Star Wars fan. Is he? Yeah, I think I saw that, too. Uh, so, so funny. But as far as my goals for 2023, um, one of my goals 
Julie, you mentioned um, that you don't like the dark, you know, the black room or dark room. I love being in the absolute dark, you know, when I'm loading film. I love that. I love being in the dark and I even close my eyes. I don't need to, but I just do it. Um, but I also love being in, in the dark room with a red light. So I want to get better at printing my work. And what that's going to mean is that I get better at making clean, uh, you know, when I develop film to make sure that they are clean and dust free because I don't want that to get on the image. So that's one of my goals is to get better at um, getting clean, clean film, dust free film so that I can print my work and then get good at printing my work. So that means nailing the exposure and, uh, you know, learning all the contrast filters and all that. So I, that's one thing that I want to do for sure. Um, another big goal of mine is to jump into, not to get away from 35 millimeter, because I love, I love, love, love 35 millimeter, but I want to jump into a larger format. And so that will be a nice segue into our next, the next part of our episode and that's to jump into medium format <laughs> with uh, a new camera that I got and so now dear listeners we're going to talk about spend a little bit of time talking about a type of a camera uh, that the three of us enjoy now um, in the photographic world there are lots and lots and lots of different kinds of cameras uh, we think of SLR, single lens reflexes. And at least I know, Suzanne, you love your SLRs. I love my SLRs. Julie, you have uh, some SLRs. Most people. <laughs> I notably don't love them. Sorry. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Two thumbs but, down. <laughs> but, you know, SLRs are pretty ubiquitous. You can find them everywhere in m multiple formats. And we all know what SLRs are. Then there's rangefinders, you know, the Leicas. Uh, the contacts, the ones made by Minolta and Olympus and all that, all kinds of rangefinders. There's point and shoots. There's, you know, point and shoots you can find for a dime a dozen at thrift shops. And then there's a, the ultra expensive ones because of Kylie Jenner or whoever she was, you know. <laughs> right. <laughs> but then there is another kind of camera, which to me is the weirdest kind of camera that I can think of. And that is TLRs. And I know you, uh, you listeners can't see, but I'm holding up a Mamiya C220 with a 180 millimeter lens. And I love this, this camera and this lens combination. But TLRs are, they're interesting to me because they look a lot like spiders <laughs> to me. They look like, you know, you, do you guys know what the jumping spiders, they have the big front eyes. They all, all the jumping spiders have the big front eyes and that's what these guys have. They have these big two eyes in the front of the camera. They're just weird looking cameras, but they're really cool. But what is a twin lens reflex? Well, if you think about it, a twin lens reflex is kind of like a single lens reflex, the name at least. Reflex meaning that there is a mirror that's part of the picture taking uh, aspect of the camera. But instead of a single lens, it's as it says in the name, a twin lens or two lenses. So with a TLR, what you have is you have basically a, a box, a simple box that 
holds the film, keeps it light tight, and then you have a lens uh, up front. And the, lens, the, the two lenses are synced together. Uh, they have the same aperture, not same aperture, but the same focal length. So they are exactly the same lenses, copies of each other, with the exception that one is a taking lens and one is a viewing lens. And the viewing lens is usually on the top. And what happens is that when you're using the camera and you're pointing it at, at you know, what you're going to shoot, the image is going to come through both lenses. And when it comes through the top lens, it's going to hit a mirror that's at a 45 degree angle and then up through a, a waist level, level viewfinder that you're looking down to see into. And the viewfinders are, they're all different. They, they can be ground glass. Those are really crisp and clear and much easier to use in my opinion. And then there's like the brilliant uh, viewfinders and those are, they definitely are brilliant, but they're not as easy to, to focus on. So anyways, the, the image come or yeah, the, the image is coming through the, the lens, hitting that 45 degree angle mirror, and then up through the viewfinder. But it's also coming through that lower lens, which is the taking lens. And the the and that's you know the the lens that takes the, the actual photo. And the differences between those lenses is that the top lens has no diaphragm. The bottom lens does, so it actually has the aperture blades and the shutter blades. The uh, upper lens is just a simple lens, but the same focal length. What are the differences, or the I should say the advantages and the disadvantages of TLRs? The, some of the disadvantages, we'll go with the disadvantages first. That way we can end on a positive note. Um, the biggest disadvantage that I can think of is parallax error. And what that means is that because there's two, two images, what you're seeing through the taking lens is not exactly what the, I'm sorry, what you're seeing through the viewing lens is not exactly what the taking lens is seeing. And if you're shooting something far away, it doesn't really matter. But if you're shooting something pretty close, then that two inch distance does make a difference. So you have to kind of compensate, know how to compensate when you're you know, making your exposure. Another thing that is, I wouldn't say it's a disadvantage, but it's just something to get used to is when you're looking down through the waist level viewfinder compared to looking through a viewfinder of an SLR, when you're looking through the viewfinder of an SLR, you're seeing what the lens is seeing and it's exactly as, as you see it with your normal eye. Whereas when you're looking down through a TLR, it's reversed left to right. And that's hard to get used to. Um, <laughs> When I first got this camera, and it's it's really new to me. I only got it like a week and a half ago. No, no, no. I got it less than a week ago as of the recording of this podcast. Um, moving it left to right, like if I think that I have to move it left, I actually have to move it right. And if I have to tilt it left, I actually have to tilt it right. And it like scrambles my brain to figure both things out and do it. But I'm getting a little bit better at doing it. Um, but it's just something to get used to. Another disadvantage of TLRs is that there's no depth of field preview. And Suzanne, you talked about, uh, you know, sh shooting with a shallow depth of field. Mm -hmm. And with SLRs, that's easy to, to do because most SLRs have a depth of field preview button of sorts. And so you can dial in your, you know, your composition and then you can check for, you know, your depth of field by 
rotating your aperture ring and then seeing which which depth of field you want to have um, mm. with a TLR that's or I should say with most TLRs that's not possible because you're not actually seeing through the the taking lens you're seeing through a viewing lens and that viewing lens is wide open all the time it doesn't change one bit so what you see through the viewing lens is not exactly representative of what the taking lens is seeing uh, as far as the depth of field and then the last dis disadvantage that that I can see is that there is a definite limit to to how how wide of an aperture and how telephoto of a lens you can put on it. it like for an SLR, okay? With an SLR because it's got a single it's a single lens reflex. You can put a big big lens on it and it's fine because it's not going to get in the way of another lens whereas with an a TLR both lenses have to fit together. If you get too big of a lens, then the other lens is not going to fit because it just doesn't fit. So there's a, there's a definite limit as to how large you can go with a TLR. So that means that there's, you know, just some limitations to, to focal lengths. But what are the advantages? They're beautiful. <laughs> I mean, TLRs are just drop dead gorgeous cameras. Um, I recently, well, just today we, we went to get our, as Julie said, get to, went to get our, um, enhanced driver's licenses and I went into a coffee shop my daughter and I did and uh I, I took my camera in because I wanted to and I you know got a couple of images of maple syrup bottles in a row and some lights and all that and somebody said is that a Rolleiflex or is that and I, I can't remember what what the other name was maybe maybe it was a Voigtlander but she knew what it was and I I said no it's a Mamiya she's like oh okay another person said oh that's a you're shooting with a real camera Another person said, that's such a beautiful camera. And then yet a fourth person said, is that medium format? I said, yes, it is. I'm shooting Kodak Gold in it. That's rad. <laughs> you know, they're conversation starters because they yeah. are different looking and they look classic. Um, it can help to ease into situations like if you want to do street photography or you're talking with somebody and they think they say, oh, that's a cool camera and you can ask for a portrait and they they might be more willing because it doesn't look like a normal camera. Right. The barrier might be down a little bit. Um, another advantage to TLRs is um, because you're looking down through the waist level viewfinder, you can hold it close to your body and that keeps it more stable, thus allowing you to have slower shutter speeds and still be have the, you know, a crisp, you know, crisp image in conjunction with that uh, TLRs have leaf shutters so leaf shutters have you know the uh, the, the shutter blades are it, it's not like a focal plane shutter on an SLR where it is a curtain that you know travels or a, you know a flapping mirror or anything like that it's simply blades that open and close in in a lens and that there's hardly any camera shake with a leaf shutter so uh, holding it close to your body with a leaf shutter means that you can get really really good images at you know even slower shutter speeds and the last thing i was talking with andre dominguez last night um instead we were going to talk about tlrs and he said one nice thing is that you can use filters uh on your taking lens, and I, I was able to do this. You can put 
even a dark, like an, a really dark ND filter on your taking lens to get the, you know, the effect that you want without it affecting your viewing lens. If you're looking through an SLR and you put a dark ND filter, you can't see what you, you can't see through the lens because it's too dark. Yeah. But because the, the, with the TLR, the viewing lens has, you know, it's just a simple lens, then you can see exactly what you're going to take a picture of and then make your exposure compensation accordingly with respect to any filter that you use. So it, that's a really uh, good benefit. What kind of formats uh, uh, are, t what, what kind of formats do not come in TLRs? What kind of formats do TLRs take care of? <laughs> so the most common format uh, of a TLR camera is a 120 or a medium format camera. So 120, 220 film. And there are many, many, many uh, film man manufacturers that made TLRs for 120. Then there's 127 films, slightly smaller than 120, slightly bigger than one, uh, 35 millimeter. And some examples are the Baby Rolly or the Yashica 44. They shoot four by four, four centimeter by four centimeter uh, images. So slightly smaller, too small for Julie. <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, and then there are 35 millimeter uh, TLRs. And these are kind of interesting because you have um, the 35 millimeter TLRs that were made by AGFA, which we had one and an agfa flexilet and then there's the bullsey model c and those cameras if you look at them they kind of look like rangefinders you know they have they're more wide than tall they, they look like a typical viewfinder or rangefinder finder camera but they have two lenses on the front of this little tiny 35 millimeter camera it is and you look down through a waist level viewfinder um they're they're interesting interesting uh cameras but then there's the Contaflex TLR, it's a 35 millimeter camera, and that's an expensive camera. It's it's in the, I saw it in, on eBay, I saw them on eBay for like $2,800. <laughs> you know, a, a 35 millimeter TLR, and it looks like a classic TLR. It's more upright than long, or, you know, uh, wide, and it, you know, has the waist level viewfinder, and it, it's a gorgeous, gorgeous camera just cost prohibitive. <laughs> um, you can even get sub-miniature TLRs. Gemflex uh, was a company that made sub-miniature TLRs, and they're the size of the palm of your hand. Oh, tiny, wow. Little tiny TLRs, That's... but a true TLR. Yeah. Yeah. And then, <laughs> it's amazing. TLRs are still being made for a yet another format, and that's the Instax Mini format. Uh, the Mint Company is making the Mint TL70. I, I looked at some reviews. Even uh, Bellamy Hunt from Japan Camera Hunter did yeah. a review of the uh, the Mint TL70 and said it was a great camera for shooting uh, uh, Instax Minis. Um, really good build quality, glass lenses, um, oh. <laughs> electronic shutter, uh, exposure control, focusing, the focusing mechanism, like it's a real camera. That's pretty rad. I didn't know yeah. that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I, I remember, I can't remember which episode we talked about it, but it was about the, maybe, maybe it was with uh, Jessica Kosmak when she talked about the the uh, Neo. Was it the Instax oh, Neo? That's the one I got. Yeah. yeah. Well, it's similar to the Instax Neo, but it has, like, 
all the exposure control that a regular TLR would have, yeah. but it's like $350. So it's not that bad, but it's just, it has a little bit of a cost. Yeah. So, so that's a kind of a rundown about TLRs and um, TLRs are, <laughs> they're really, really cool cameras. So Julie, why don't we start with you to, to uh, if you want to tell us, you know, some of the TLRs that you have and what, why you like using TLRs. Do you want to know about the oldest to the youngest or the youngest to the oldest? You decide. <laughs> Suzanne, what do you, what do you think? Uh, of who goes first? No, my kid, the cameras, the oh, oldest ones or the oldest, youngest ones? Um, oldest to youngest. Okay. My oldest one is my Voigtlander Brilliant. And it is one of my favorites. And it shoots 120. And it's beautiful. Mm. And it is about 90 years old. It still works. Works great. Awesome. Unless you load the film wrong. And then it still works great. And you get these cool, like scratch marks all down it which <laughs> i actually i actually like you have to like what you make and that's oh, what i made so can i take a real uh, uh say something real quick here yeah about that camera i yeah. forgot to mention um there's a, a certain subset of tlrs which are called pseudo tlrs and that is where the the lenses are not linked up so you can adjust the focus of that camera, but you don't actually see it through the viewfinder because the viewfinder right. is right. This one just a simple menis um, meniscus lens. This one you have to estimate how far you are, and mm -hmm. it has a little dial that you move. It has portrait, group, and landscape distances, and it has um, you can choose a twenty-fifth of a second, a fiftieth, one hundredth bulb, or time. And it's 6.3, 11, and 22. Those are its options in this one. Um, so that's a really fun one. Then the next oldest one would be, I think, maybe this Argoflex. Ah, oh, I forgot about that. Um, this one doesn't work at the moment. I got it broken. I didn't break it. It was broken. But I haven't gotten it fixed yet. But this one, um, the two lenses are geared together. And they, it's like a clock piece, like Sweet. little tiny teeth. So that's a um, true TLR. Yep. And it has a, like the Lubitel, it has a little pop-up magnifier. So you look down through, you just can, you only can focus through a little circle in the middle with this one. Um, this one was made, I believe, in the 40s. And I could have these all wrong because this is a quick Googling the ages. So feel free to tell me how wrong I am if you know a lot about these and you can correct me. Um, then I have my Yashica C, which is my main camera, this one and my speed graphic. These were, I believe, made in the 50s. And this is a true TLR. Um, it goes the whole lens. I don't know what that's called. Like front standard, maybe <laughs> the whole front with both the taking lens and the viewing lens goes, um, in and out. That's really technical term in and out. <laughs> it goes in and out. Um, and it has a pop-up 
magnifier, but it's a lot bigger. So this one's a lot easier to use. And what kind of a viewfinder is that? Is that the ground glass or is that a brilliant? Um, I don't know. It's definitely clear and okay. square. <laughs> and <it has laughs> a circle. It has a focusing circle on the square of glass that you are looking in. It's okay. not plastic, it's glass. I have okay. no idea. Okay. Ask me questions I don't know. That's mean. <laughs> <laughs> and then I have this cool one, a Brownie Reflex Synchro model. And this is when um, they're not hooked together and you can't focus this at all. It is a point and shoot. Yeah. And it has just bulb or not bulb. <laughs> I, what does I mean? It means not bulb. That's Interval all maybe? Know. I don't know. It means the, it's, a weird that's the sound of it it's kind of a weird sound but it's cool because the the viewfinder is super super bright it's really fun to watch like life is a movie <laughs> i actually have two of take? these this is a 127 camera okay i've shot paper in it um yeah. because i don't have 127 i have another one um where the shutter doesn't work and i put a pinhole over the lens and I just manually open it and that's fun too so you can use it if it doesn't work um and then I have a Lubitel 166B which actually I didn't realize how young these are those are still being made right uh well this is this one is not one of the ones that's still being made, I don't think. Right. This is uh, a Soviet version. That was actually made by Lomo for, uh, before. Yeah, which it said they were made in the 80s is what Google told me. Yeah. <laughs> um, and these are geared together like the Argoflex, except for it's much more wiggly and plastic. The Argoflex is metal and it's like smooth when you turn the wheels um so i've taken a lot of pictures that i really like with this camera this was my first i don't i don't know what my first camera was one that i haven't talked about yet that i built from a kit and then that gave me such disappointing pictures that mario you got me this one mm -hmm. um and it has the little dark it has a very dark circle in the middle of the viewing glass and a pop-up magnifier um so when i first got it it was not hard to focus it was the only one i had but now that i've used other ones i've been trying to shoot a roll of six pictures for like three weeks <laughs> i'm like it's hard to focus you kind of have to go back and forth and go better worse Better. Worse. <laughs> That's true. I totally do that. <laughs> Try to spoiled. decide like the best spot <laughs> right. in there. The best of the worst. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then I have my Amazon cam, which is a 35 millimeter true TLR mm. made entirely of plastic. It's a kit um, that came with all the little pieces and you pop them out and assemble them very tediously. I don't recommend this camera unless you just like fiddling with stuff and it doesn't work well. 
It's really hard to use. And it doesn't make very good pictures. <laughs> but if you want to know about how a camera, how many parts are in a camera, and you want to be sad, then <laughs> you should go on Amazon and get a build a TLR kit. Well, one thing I can say about that camera, Julie, um, I was looking at it just a couple of days ago, looking through the viewfinder, and compared to, say, the Lubatel or the Voigtlander Brilliant or your tired aren't just as in. <laughs> Sorry. No, that's okay. I'm, <laughs> I am too. I had a, like a 20-minute nap before the episode. Yeah, I was going to say it's two hours later for you guys. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, the, you know, compared to the, the Lubatel and the Voigtlander Brilliant, the viewfinder on on that camera that you're holding, the 35 millimeter one that you built, is actually a ground glass. Well, it's not glass, but ground plastic uh, yeah. viewfinder. So it does make it easier to see if you're in focus or not. Um, it's not easy to focus this camera. Do not be <laughs> misled by those words. And it's the tiniest ground glass. It's tiny, yes. And the um, the what is this called? Is it a hood? The hood, yeah. It is angled in mm. like it, it's very small and it's very dark in there and there is no pop-up magnifier um it's a very dark viewing everything about the experience of looking in here is not pleasant yeah it's dark <laughs> i don't like the dark <laughs> that's right we already established that remember exactly <laughs> that's oh. that's all the ones i have well okay. i have some other duplicates I have more yashikas, but... And why do you like shooting with TLRs, Julie? I like the ground glass. And I, I don't like... I don't like cameras up in my face. I don't like anything up in my face, actually. Yeah. I don't like people up in my face, either. <laughs> um, and I like I like how they look. Yep. And I like how they feel when you hold them. They're like children. <laughs> They're my babies. I have different sized babies. Yeah. But they do, and this is something, uh, shout for the book again, this one from Roxanne Angles. It talks about in here how looking through, how many people feel like looking through a camera gives you a different view of your life. And it, that's the first thing, looking through ground glass is what made me interested in photography. And it's like I can look at my unfolded laundry and it looks interesting <laughs> instead of like a guilt trip. So, you know, I always win. If I don't want to fold it, I can take a picture of it. Yeah. Yeah. I did recently. So. Cool. Just like, I like everything about them. Nice. About the ones I like. Cool. That's right. All right. Well, thank you for sharing those, uh, sharing those uh, Julie. Um, Suzanne, yes. uh, let's go through your TLRs and why you like them. Okay. Wow, I don't even know if I could. When you asked her that question, I'm like, oh, crap, I'm going to have to come up with an answer to that, too. Uh, okay. I only have two. Yeah. So I have um, the uh, the Yashica EM, which looks a lot like your Yashica A? C. C, okay. Um, honestly, this is my favorite one. I really wanted the Roloflex to be my favorite, <laughs> <laughs> but it's not. So it's just, it's so easy to shoot. Um, it's. I don't know. I, I don't, you were talking to me. I think mine must have a plastic. I think my viewfinder is plastic. It's got the grid. 
I replaced one of them. I think I replaced the one on the Roliflex because it was very hard to see. Mm -hmm. And it might have been an original screen. So it might have been ground glass. It was just, it was so dark. So anyway, I, I and I probably replaced it with the Brilliant that you're talking about. So I like my Yashica EM. I do have a Roliflex as well. It doesn't have like a model number or anything. It's not the nice 2.8 ones. It is a 3.5. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm I'm really happy to have one just because it's kind of like that nostalgic brand. And, mm-hmm. you know, I I certainly would not turn away another one if it were yes. to find its way to me. But I um I'm I'm really actually whenever I grab one, I grab the Ashika. And actually the Rolly is a little bit smaller. Wow. At, well the lid's up so you can't totally see, but oh. it's actually a little bit smaller than the Ashika is. But cool. the other weird thing about this one is depending on how old they are, the the like the um the speeds are different. So on here, the speeds are like 1, 2, 5, 10, 25, 50, 100, 250, and 500. Mm-hmm. Whereas now, that system must have changed because on the Yashica, it's what you're normally used to, like 1 half, 1 fourth, 1 eighth, 15th, 30th, 60th, 125, 250. Where, so I have a harder time because I have to be like, okay, I'm just going to stick it somewhere between, you yeah. know. But if you're using a meter or something, it's it doesn't totally coincide. Um, I don't even know why I like them. I just I love it. I love looking down into it. I'm like Julie. I think they look cool. Mm-hmm. I get lots of people who talk to me when I shoot it, like you did. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I we were out at the botanic garden shooting last the other week, and I I'm such a nerd. But so I have the the TLR around my middle, and then I have my Nikon's on either side. <laughs> <laughs> just like, oh man, it doesn't get worse than this. Laden so with cameras. <laughs> I know. So this guy walks by, he's like, Well, I really like your camera. And I wanted to say, which one? <laughs> I know what he's talking about. He was talking about this one. Because yeah. the other ones just look like normal cameras. But they're just they're so fun to use. And to me, the image quality is just stellar. It's mm. so pretty. And like, maybe it's because that's my main medium format too. Like having that medium format negative, Julie, I get it why you like that. You know, just the larger size is just, it's just beautiful. Mm -hmm. So I don't don't have really much more to offer than I just, I just love them for no reason other than they're fun. They're fun to shoot. It took me a minute to get used to the backwards thing Mm -hmm. and the shifting thing. Actually, the the backwards thing was a lot easier to get used to than the tilt thing. Yeah. If you see your yeah, if you're like tilt, I, I just kind of just go. I, I don't even think yeah. of where I have to go. I just go until it's there, because it's a little a little tricky. It is challenging. Um, Do yeah. you like because it's square too? Yeah, I love that. Is it square? Yes, I love that format. It's like that size negative, and I know people who shoot six by nine say it's just. You know, it's amazing, but I love square format. Yeah, totally dig it. So the the rollies, um, there's a rolly cord and a rolly flex. What is the difference between the two? Do you know? Because I I don't. I I don't know either. I okay. have flex, and I don't know. Okay. Yeah, I kind I kind of got mine because I I was I threw it out there. I think it was in the negative positives, uh, Facebook group. Yeah. And someone said, "You oh, threw your roll." Yeah, no, he's like, oh, I'm, I've got one that I want to sell, and he didn't want to sell it for more than he bought it, and I was yeah. totally appreciated the, the good deal that he gave me, and, and so I'm like, I'll take it. Cool. cool so that's cool, how cool. I ended up with one. 
Nice, nice. Yeah. Well, uh, I just entered the medium format game myself, and um, I must say I'm really happy with the results that I got so far. I shot, uh, let's see, my first roll. <laughs> the first roll I shot was uh, Ilford Pan F50, which is a low-speed film and pretty pretty crisp film anyways. But I, I shot the roll, forgot that I already shot the roll. Julie and I kind of both shot the first part of that role in another TLR that we had, the C330, and we, it's just, it's it's not no, a good it's camera. No, C33. C33, that's right. And it's a lemon. Yeah, it's a lemon. Um, it must have gotten some water damage. I, I don't know what it was. It's kind of rusty, and it was overpriced, and just hasn't, hasn't really worked. It's, it gets locked up a lot. So, mm. bitter pill, don't think about it. But yeah. we, we shot, tried to shoot a roll through it, to, because we got the lens. Right. Got this uh, got one, 180 lens. millimeter <coughs> Mia Secor. Let's see. A Mia Secor Super 180 millimeter F3, F4.5. Uh, stunning lens. Um, and then it locked up. So we got in the dark and took the, took the film back out. And then I put it in this camera once I received it, forgetting that we already shot a few exposures. So there's some double exposures. <laughs> But I tell you what, holy moly, the uh, the clarity of medium format over 35 millimeter is just astounding. And by no means am I a convert to medium format in a shoeing 35 millimeter. I will stick with 35 millimeter for as long as I live because I love the format. I love the 24 by 36 uh, format. I love the cameras. I have my favorite SLRs. I just love, I love 35 millimeter. But there's no denying the resolving power of <laughs> medium format, comparatively speaking. Um, this, the Mamiya C220, Alex Lux did a, uh, a review of the C220, which is one of the reasons why I kind of gravitated toward this, because I, I liked his video. He had a lot of, a lot of good things to say. His was a the C220F, which is a more modern rendition of this camera, but it's just a, it's a heavy camera. I mean, it's not, it's a, it's a beast of a camera. It, it, it really is big, um, but it's a lot of fun to use. And the nice thing about this is that the film advance knob is not linked up to the, um, the shutter cocking mechanism on the C330 and the C33, and I believe the C3, when you advance the film, it cocks the shutter at the same time. And for us, that ended up getting <laughs> getting the camera jammed and locked up. So this kind of simplifies the matter where you, you know, advance the film and it doesn't cock the shutter. But I just love this camera. I love using it. The... Uh, yeah, the image quality, the six by six negatives. Uh, I love square format. Um, I love TLRs. <laughs> so I I just uh, want to thank both of you for kind of, well, Suzanne, you, I think you had a picture one time and I commented on a photo that you had. You were sitting kind of with your knee propped up. The TLR was beside you. And I didn't oh. comment on the camera, although I did look at the camera. I commented on your Chaco sandals. <laughs> yeah. So that was a self-portrait okay. made with one of these. Of the other. With the other one. Okay. 
Yeah. So yes, that, you should comment on my tacos. <laughs> and I'm wearing my I'm, I'm wearing my, no. I have one question. So yeah, yeah. um so I think is it my understanding the Mamiya and there's one other system that actually has interchangeable lenses like mine, okay. my Roly and my Yashica, it's fixed. You can't do anything with it. Right. Okay. Yeah, most most uh, TLRs are fixed lenses. Uh, the the uh, yeah the def definitely the Mamiya C line of cameras the C I think it was the Mamiya Flex and then okay. the Mamiya C three and C two then C thirty three C twenty two and then C three thirty C two twenty and then like the C two twenty F or something like that all those are interchangeable lens cameras and they have a wide wide range of from wide angle all the way to even more telephoto than what I have. But this uh, 180 millimeter lens is in 35 millimeter equivalency. It's a 99 millimeter lens. So it's like a, a, a decent portrait lens. It's a little bit more telephoto than say an 80 millimeter or 85 millimeter, but it's short of a 135 millimeter, longer than an 85 millimeter, somebody somewhere in between. So it's, I like it. Cool. I, I love the telephoto. That's that's my gig. I love telephoto. So yeah, yeah. We also have an 80 millimeter lens for it, right? That came up yeah. with the other one, which is the a normal lens, so 50 yeah. 50 millimeter. So yeah. And then Julie, um, you kind of got me into TLRs because you have gotten so many of them, and I just think they're really cool cameras. So I kind of wanted one myself. I only have <laughs> ten. Yeah, <laughs> only have ten. Only ten. <laughs> so, all right. Well, that kind of ends our episode, and I want to thank both of you. Um, just, I want to thank both of you for being part of the podcast. Uh, Suzanne, I want to thank you for coming on when you did. You know, uh, it as Mike Gutterman said, it must been must have been kind of weird. This weird guy asking you to be on the <laughs> podcast and then asking you to. No. To be part of the podcast. Um, but I just want to thank you for being one of the hosts and for just being a good friend. Thank you. And then thank Julie, you. you're welcome. Mm -hmm. And then Julie, I want to thank you for getting into photography with me, coming onto the podcast as a guest, and then coming on as a uh, as a co-host. And it's just been a lot of fun so far doing photography with you. And I hope I really hope that one day the four of us can meet in person. And so cool. I said the four of us because I'm thinking of Chris. Okay. Yeah, I, I know what you meant, actually. Okay. Uh, you know, I, so one, I know I don't want to draw this out any longer. We need to. But yeah. um, I think it's so cool. Like, I actually am getting to experience what you guys are experiencing because in a roundabout way, I got Chris involved in 52 Frames. Yeah. And he's been amazing. I've never it's just so wonderful that instead of you mentioned how it might have felt uncomfortable before when you're the only person photographing yeah. because you feel bad. You're like, I want to go on a hike, but I'm going to stop 200 times because yeah. I'm still this. And if the other person doesn't do it, they don't quite understand what, why we're doing this. Yeah. Like it's annoying. And I, I get it. I get it. But so having him be like, I'm just going to pick up a camera and it's, he's, he's shot film. I mean, he's shot, He's he's he used a camera. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but he's never really pursued it, you know, more than just uh, take it out every now and then. Yeah, and yeah. now he's really getting into it. And he's he is a full digital shooter. Yeah. But it's so cool to see him. It's more his personality. 
and him learning like Julie, you know, you're getting going down your path, Julie, of where you're into something that's a little bit different than Mario is, mm-hmm. but yet you guys still that share that same base, you know, and, and that's the same with Chris and I, like he's so excited about what he's learning to do in Photoshop that he's never done. And these things that he's putting out, and I'm just like, I want that on the wall. I want that on the wall. <laughs> like just, it's, it's so exciting. And I love that you guys have that with film. And I love that Chris and I have it, even though it's film and digital, it's that love of photography is just yeah. to share that with your partner is, is really special. It really is. It really, really is. Um, before we close the episode, um, I just want to give a, a preview for the next two episodes. Uh, the next episode is going to be our cheap camera, uh, cheap lens, third-party lens uh, episode. So just a final call out for anybody listening. If you want to send in a voice memo of your favorite cheap camera, your favorite cheap lens, or your favorite third-party lens, uh, and why you like them. Like just, you know say what they are and give a little bit of a synopsis as to what draws you to them, what makes you love them. And uh, we'll make sure to put that on the episode. I've got, I think, seven or eight or nine uh, recordings um, accumulated so far. So that it'll be a good episode. And then the following episode, we're going to have a special guest from England, from, uh, I think, Cardiff, Wales. And that is um, Molly Kate, uh, Eclectochrome. Uh, on YouTube. So we look forward to uh, to her her being on the podcast. We're going to fight with you, Alex. <laughs> Alex Lux on the Classic Camera Revival is going to have uh, have her on their podcast as well. So she's a hot commodity right now. She is, <laughs> yes. She's a podcast tart, That's as Andrew right. Bartram yeah. would say. <laughs> <laughs> so, all right. Well, Julie, Suzanne, thank you both for doing this with me. Uh, And just as always, keep those analog vibes alive.